Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Redefining reality, and this is a great one. This one I'm excited to share. This is an interview with my friend Addy, or should I just call him Love? He is a very multi dimensional individual, multi passionate, artistic, deep, thoughtful, creative, loving, open individual who is really just here to create and share love and learn and grow and make things better and be of service. And it was very inspiring, very enlightening, sitting down with him, chatting with him, meeting him. I mean, what you're going to hear is literally our first meeting, um, hanging out in his place. I went over, brought some food, and let the magic roll. So I hope you get some good stuff out of this. We talk a lot about sexuality. We talk about monogamy and love and porn and work and money and male empowerment and balancing the masculine and feminine aspects of yourself. And we go deep. We go all over the place. So if you enjoy this, let me know. And maybe we'll do some more podcasts like this. You know, more around the topics of sacred sexuality, masculinity, um, artistic expression, leaving that, and yeah, all those sorts of things. So let us know, and as I record this, and it's been a beautiful sunny weekend, they got pride going down right now, the prime minister is in town, thousands of people are in town, this is one of the most alive states that the city probably is ever going to be in you know each year pride weekend is huge so if that's your thing i hope you're having fun if you're out there partying stay safe be well be open be love and uh for the rest of y'all you know hang in there do your thing flow be present and um share Share what it is you're up to because there's probably people around you that are up to and into the same stuff. And that's where your community is born. That's where your tribe is born. That's where your support networks are established. So important. So, so important. This stuff I've been realizing lately about support networks and community and being loved and having examples around you of how to love and how to live in a way that is authentic and true to you, true to yourself, true to your heart, true to your mind and spirit and soul, because really what else is there? Really what else is there? Also, I'm going to just drop a book recommendation, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. 
I have been listening to that on audio, and it is fantastic, mind-blowing, and very grounded, very practical, especially if you're a young male like myself. Very, very good stuff. Highly recommend it. It comes in parts. The one I, I have is in parts, and um, I just jumped right into part two, and it is on point. So that's it. I'm going to wrap this up. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. If you enjoyed this, head on into the iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe. Need to build that so more people can see the podcast. And uh, till next time, keep redefining reality. Oh, I really thank you for your patience. And I thank you for even showing up and for caring and for just even having your heart open. Yeah, man. It's an honor to be here. (laughs) (laughs) And, And hit like, I like, it's fearless time. Fear, ask mm. me the darkest, deepest, most scary question in your head, and then ask like the most important, lightest, most beautiful question in your head. Okay. And okay. then everything you want. Okay, man. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So I'm here with uh, Addy, a.k.a. Mindbender, a.k.a. Malcolm Lovejoy. That's true. <laughs> How many other uh, personalities or characters do you got in the bag? It's very interesting. Um, this year, my burlesque identity was born, and due to the constraints of each artistic industry, I wasn't allowed to carry my porn name into the burlesque scene. They thought some people might be a little offended by it, so I had to create a new burlesque name, mm. and that name is Girth Giggler. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Boogie Nights. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's another hat I've been wearing, and... Um, okay. It's interesting. I mean, at at a certain point in time, I'm going to give you everything. This is no holds barred love. On a certain level, I I am uncomfortable with even being called the name Addy. Like, mm. I live with it, and I, I respond to it. At, that's your birth name. That's my birth name. My birth name is Adamu. My full name is Adamu Shabazz Latif Stewart. But whether it's Adamu or Mindbender or Girth Giggler or Malcolm Lovejoy, like... Sometimes I only want to respond to the word love. Sometimes mm. I'm like, that's my name, love. It's 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 a it's just something I believe about identity and energy and 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 what what is in a name. Mm-hmm. So like Well and the power behind that, right? And the self identification with that is powerful. Yeah. That's deep stuff. I'm I'm going as deep as as my consciousness will allow with you, man. Like it, it's beautiful that you're here, and you know we're all to me. It's everything is just a journey towards enlightenment. So, you know, I some of us are gonna get closer than others, and whatever. So I'm just gonna share as close as I am to heaven on earth and paradise and beauty and death and truth that I can with you. Lovely, yeah. Much appreciated. No problem, brother. So I'm curious how you ended up where you're at and doing the confluence of things that you're doing and having the artistic background and the multi-passionate sort of artistic expression where does it where does it root like did you ever do i don't imagine you ever worked in corporate or worked in took a quote-unquote traditional path as it were 
Like, how were you as a kid? Um, as a kid, I was an artist, and I've always been in an artsy, creative space for most of my life. Um, my mom, I'm very thankful my mom put me in um, visual art school from grade one. Okay. So when people would generally have English class, we had visual arts class. And uh, Monday morning, 9 a.m., we're drawing and seeing the world in an illustration way. So it, it, it opened my mind. Um, my twin brother and I, we were gifted children. So Identical? Ident- yeah, I have an identical okay. twin brother. Um, we were gifted children, so our education path was kind of atypical. And um, I moved around a lot as a child, so my mom moved every year. We were in uh, many different cities. I grew up in Edmonton and Ottawa and Fort McMurray and, um, and Toronto. So I've always just been growing and transient and evolving, and I've never been kind of... I've never been in a box. I've never been in one place too long philosophically or emotionally or sexually or or, or in any ways. I played sports. I, I dabbled in a bit of... I didn't do any corporate finance, but I had a friend who like worked in an, an electronic tech sector, so I worked with him for a few years, so I dabbled in that. And then I done some customer service. And you know, I, I've, I've had a variety of service jobs to give me perspective on the human experience mm. but at the core of my being i've always been an artist a creator and a, and a lover so mm. um most of my personal work is centered around i've been a journalist for more than 10 years i've written for many many publications in canada and america and so i mean social justice and caring about people and just justice in the world is huge and then the other side of that is love Mm. and making love to what I love, whether it be, I find love is found, heaven is found in finding what you love, whether it be a person, place, or thing. And and um, I've loved music, I've loved pornography, I've loved dancing, I've loved visual arts, and these things, um, writing and fighting for justice and creating art for love has been the two guiding principles of my entire life. So that's the answer. <laughs> mm. yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you asked some very deep questions. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I love to dig deep and really get to the roots of things and uncover, you know, how it is people end up where they're at and the journeys they're on because the whole show, right, redefining reality is the, the idea of the show. And so what does that mean, <sighs> right? And how do we learn from other people's examples, right, people that are out there doing it, that are out there living it. Yeah. And breaking away and making their own path. Yeah. You know, because I feel like every day we wake up, we have the choice, the chance to redefine how it is we're going to live, how it is we're going to think, how it is we're going to eat, who it is we're going to talk to, who it is we're going to love, all these things. And it makes such a difference. It makes the world of difference. The universe of difference, man. Everything you're saying is so true. It's all so true. And when people have fear as the foundation of what they believe, their perception of what can happen in reality is so limited. They're trapped in the past patterns that they've been trapped in for most of their life. And then the past fear, the only thing they believe are the fears that other people have put on them, whether it's their parents or their social circle or the or the few friends or skeptics that they actually like support psychologically. Mm -hmm. So as soon as they hear us talking about love or truth or like they hear maybe even Einstein talking about uh, the only limitation is the imagination. Imagination is more important than knowledge and stuff. They're like, oh, those people are hippies and weirdos and, and, and crazy people and like tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists or like um, 
pie in the sky dreamers or whatever. It's like, what are you talking about? The person who invented the light bulb was seen as an as insane human being in their time. Mm. Every fucking room has a light bulb now. Like there are <laughs> everything in reality was created by someone who was insane or who dreamed or who saw past what was manifest in this moment. Yeah. And they invented things, cars, planes, everything. It was all crazy at one time. Yeah. And now it's normal to you because somebody else in the past dreamed it to be normal. So there's there's no limit. Like, we talk about space travel and time travel and whatever. Like, we are living in an age where things that were in science fiction movies 20 years ago are manifest in our reality now. Yeah. Like, in our our hands. These aren't phones. These are mini computers, supercomputers in your hand. Yeah. You saw 500 million of them on the planet in everybody's hand. Like, you know what you can do? <laughs> Dream really big. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it because, I mean, clearly, you know, as you learn more and more about how the universe works and how manifestation works, it all starts with the dream. It starts with the vision, right? It starts in the thought form, the etheric realms, and then is brought down to create density into the land in the material realm. Mm -hmm. So once you understand things like that, it's just, okay, how am I going to make things? How am I going to move forward? What do I want to create? You know, what relationships do I want? What experiences do I want to have? Think about it. Get clear. And take the steps accordingly. And it becomes very simple, right? And life becomes very free and empowering. I think a lot of us, myself, if I can speak for myself, was, um, I was scared in the past to step into that amount of power. Yeah. Because Everybody, it requires every, a lot of responsibility. Yes. A superhero, like a Spider-Man level of responsibility. Like, we are all superheroes, though. That's the thing. Yes. We all have infinite power inside of us. Well, this is what I love, and meeting people like you and recognizing, okay, there's another brother on the path. There's yeah. another superhero doing his thing. Yeah. And it feels like we're all sort of, you know, grouping up, circling up, as the indigenous would say, circling up, talking, sharing, collaborating yeah. to create a more collective heaven on earth. Right? Yes. Oh. We're joining the pockets. Yes. It's like there's little pockets over there, little pockets over there. We're expanding them and we're joining together. Until that's all that exists. Yes. Oh, I love that you said it like that. That's that's actually what's happening. No matter what the the mass media wants to portray, and no matter how much fear they want to put out there, I actually am very. I like love is is the rock that I am. I I don't care what changes. I I'm like I I, I will let people float away, and I'll be like, discover what you want about life. I've chosen love as the core of my essence, the the perception, the way I perceive the world. I am, I am here. If love was a place, I've moved my stuff into that place, and I, I'm locked in. Mm. So, I I say that to say like I let people come in and in and out of my life. They float around, and I'm like discover discover whatever you want. Find the limitations of fear. Find whatever you want to explore. These other these other paths in the world, and then when you're ready to Give yourself to love again. If you want, you can find me right here with my arms wide open and my heart wide open again, and we can continue on the journey. Mm. And some, it's like some people come into life and will leave, and um, you may never see them again. Maybe their destiny isn't to try and be a lover or or try and be somebody on this path. Maybe maybe they can teach a less a, a different lesson that. I'm teaching them a reminder that love exists and they're teaching me a reminder that 
fear exists or insecurity exists or or that finance exists or something else that I need to sharpen up. Mm-hmm. And maybe our destiny isn't to become love teachers and love healers on the planet. But, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Like, people come and go. And it's just, um, it's a beautiful time because I think right now us lovers are more crucially important to importantly needed than ever the dreamers the visionaries those people are are really vital because we don't need any more scientists and mathematicians and doctors and lawyers and stuff i really really don't think the world needs more of them no so like you know and i mean if if everything that we have right now is the some result of that then we do need a lot more dreamers and lovers Mm -hmm. so when i love that and i love that for me i see it as um like the birth it's the it's the the potential you know the opportunity to be uh what what a friend or not a friend a mentor of mine would call the warrior poet right mm-hmm. so it's it's the lover with the warrior qualities when needed right it's the go out and fight and conquer but then be receptive and love and enjoy, and be sensual right and yeah. be attentive to the needs of the body and the needs of another right to be able to give in that way which I see for myself because I come from different circles right so if I'm in more of the entrepreneurial circle it's very much warrior right it's very much conquer go 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 sleep is for when you're dead that whole idea right yeah and we need that to an extent but to balance that out to have the countersign of you know let's eat a good meal let's sleep as much as our body wants to sleep Let's make passionate love and dissolve into that and be rejuvenated by that and lead from the heart. Yeah. And so really cultivating these uh, complementary opposites, right, so that we have those tools. Like the way I see things, I used to think, I mean, for a long time, I sort of shamefully identified with the wounded healer archetype. Mm-hmm. having almost died as my uh, my trigger into consciousness and awareness and purpose and all these things. Mm-hmm. But part of me was hesitant to uh, uh, subscribe to healer as a label. Okay. And I think what I'm seeing now as part of that, part of it is probably just, you know, maybe being too humble, which can be an issue. Yeah. Um, but I think part of it is that it's not necessarily about healing which assumes that there's something wrong, which seems to go opposite to the way I see the universe as only producing perfection. But rather, integration is the key. It's not about healing, right? We don't have to heal your neurosis. We don't have to heal your disease. We need to integrate your current disharmonious circumstances so that you can make sense and move forward and find balance, find equilibrium. That's an answer if there ever was one. So it's this journey of integration. This is how I feel, and I imagine you'd feel the same. Um, having these different, you know, vocations and personalities and passions, do they integrate? Is there is it a pure separation? Or are you finding that there's opportunities to integrate them more and more? How is that looking in your life? I'm doing. I'm so glad you said that. I'm doing the best I can to balance them all, mm. and I have a lover in my life that's really helped me realize how um how much i need to ground myself as much as i can i mean you know there's the whole idea of being in this world but not of it yes jesus jesus Jesus. exactly there's all all the all the teachers and great poets and 
and and lovers and healers are like yeah you know but so i mean uh, to be brutally honest financially is the only i'm in a minor financial hell but mm. like every other aspect of my life is heavenly mm. and it's like it's being a lover or an, and a healer and somebody who is not a conquering male i'm not a warrior male i'm not an economic you know um a capitalist cutthroat male mm. so like because love doesn't operate that way love love is like how are we doing you know capitalism is like what can i get from you i all that matters is my bottom line and my money mm. I, and 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 if anything, I only want to own and control and exploit you until you're empty and then you're valueless and then I discard you and you don't exist to me. That mm -hmm. is the antithesis of love. So so right now I'm here trying to balance being a loving, healing, creative spirit living in a intensely capitalistic society. Mm -hmm. uh, Toronto is one of the most financially, um, you know, it's, diff it's it costs a lot to live here. And... I'm on the very edge of like I've, I've extended all my credit. I've, I'm I'm really near economic financial collapse on certain levels. Mm. But then besides that, like I don't give a fuck because I am living in heaven. I, mm. I I if I were to focus on my finances, I'd be like, oh shit, looks horrible right now. I think right now in my bank, I'm uh, like to be super brutally honest, I've gone through some financial hell, and like I had one bank account closed this week. Um, it's overdraft like 60 bucks and um and yeah i've got like two dollars in my pocket to my name right now like mm. um but i also have more lovers than i can count i have mm. 15 or 16 regular lovers i have i have four photo shoots planned four porn photo shoots planned i had mtv new york follow me around for the last two days i have a ticket to the much music video awards on the weekend i have mm. i have constant i have i have a lover that i'm gonna see tonight at 11 p.m who's i just met on the internet somebody who says you're beautiful i want to make love to you please show up here period i never knew them they mm. they they reached out to me to make love to me off just the courage of their heart so mm. i'm saying like do i want to focus on the fact that like yeah i'm i'm not financially abundant or do i want to focus on the fact that i have more lovers in my life and more loving beautiful moments than i can possibly schedule and count mm. so like on like like romantically and sexually and lovingly i i'm a billionaire yeah, and experientially and experientially i'm a billionaire i'm like i'm constantly like this is a beautiful moment you came here like i'm meeting wonderful people out of nowhere like i don't i focus on that like i don't i live in a you see this is a simple bachelor apartment but it's full of books and music and art that i love yeah but you know so i mean bat like to answer your question it's difficult to balance um, all these aspects and I'm trying to ground them yes um, and it's a challenge because there are not many living or dead archetypes or manuals or ways to teach these things all of us are doing it out of the goodness of our heart and mm. trial and error and stumbling forward towards yes towards the answers and solutions that work best for us so yeah well and I like to I like to draw out a couple of the things there if we could sure and um Shout out to my friend Daniel Eisenman. So this is a guy who was just in Toronto, actually. He's on a book tour called Breaking Normal. That's the name of his book. 
you would love it. Sounds great, yeah. And so he has a few things that I can offer for you that Thanks. I have very useful tools. Thanks. That is, anytime we're referring to things that we want to let go of or things we struggle with or negative associations with ourselves, is to put them in the past with our language. Yes. Right? So rather than yeah. I'm in a slight financial hell, I used to experience financial difficulty. Yes. I used to, I, you know, put it in the past. Yeah. Literally, speak yeah. it into creation. Yeah, I love that. I need to use that as of this breath. Yes. Thank and, you. And try, just drop try. We all just need to stop trying, right? It's either we're going to do it or we're not going to do it. I mean, if we if we attempt, if we go for it and it doesn't work out as planned, who cares? We didn't try. We went forward, you know? Yeah, There's no sense real. trying to try. We gotta stop trying. Yes, yeah, I, and I love that. I, I'm I'm a wordsmith, and I I play with that word. And I I'm so glad you gave me that answer because I'm like, I don't like the idea of try, but it's like, what if you attempt and you don't reach the goal? So then you gave me the answer of it's like, don't think of it as you try. It's but... just another stepping stone, right? It's just another stepping stone, another obstacle to overcome. You know, we're just moving forward here. But it's so powerful because, you know, we're casting spells yeah. with our words. Right? All the time. And so, I mean, that's a whole, like, language fascinates me. And the fact that English has, like, this very, like, legalistic background. Yeah. It's kind of messed up. Yeah. I don't fully understand it, but I know it's kind of messed up. I'm going to throw in something there. I'm glad you said. Um, powerful statement. Um, possession is nine-tenths of the law. Almost everything in the law deals with what you own, what you've taken, or what something someone has taken from you. Everything mm -hmm. is about private property mm -hmm. with the English language and with this law. So mm -hmm. it's like, what, what, how much freedom do we have? Who owns us? Who owns our minds? Who owns the words that we even are sharing? Like, yeah. what, what, are our, what are our concepts of freedom and sharing? Yeah, which I had no real appreciation for until living in South America and then learning some Spanish and realizing that, okay, the way I think is limited by the language I'm using to communicate. And I, when, I, when thoughts start coming to me in Spanish, I become like Spanish Brian. Yeah. Because I'm different. And because there's love and passion built into those languages, it comes out in the people, it comes out in the culture, it comes out in the food and the dancing and the music. And that's why I love Spanish culture, to be that's quite honest. Amazing. And then you look at English and it's all rigid, square lines, you know, politeness, overly politeness. Canadians work fucking way too polite it, yeah. it bothers me to the point of non-reality yeah. it's like that's not politeness doesn't matter if that's not your genuine emotion it doesn't fucking mm -hmm. matter if you say hi how are you doing when you actually don't give a fuck what the how that person is doing mm -hmm. it really doesn't and they know we all know yeah right? subconsciously you know this person is just you know they're just putting on a front and you know they're not feeling this way and uh, yeah they don't really care mm -hmm. yeah for real like the, the going through the motions is is like the antithesis of a genuine compassion mm -hmm. like I, I i i'm so glad you brought that up because i do not give a an insincere hug or 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 a request if i say how are you doing i'm like i will stop and clear my mind and listen for the answer mm. it's never just filler conversation well and that's a rare thing right really focused attention loving attention at that yeah it's a rare thing that's why people and i'm sure you notice this i noticed this um, people are starved for it. So when they're around you and they get a taste of it, they melt. 
Yeah. And they just, you see them, you know, they're renewed and they're like, oh, like this exists. Yeah. Like, why have I been so out of contact with this? You're so right. And it just feeds the soul and I love it. I love it. You're so right. And people get it for moments and then, and then all kinds of other things start swirling in. Like, I've seen people like, when I have to float away, people will like do things to cling on for five more minutes. Mm. Um, they'll, they will want to keep you in their gravity. Yeah. They want to keep close. I have, a, I have a, a friend who we shared really deep emotional connections to. Um, and she, it's kind of frustrating me actually what she has done because we, there's been some distance because I had a major family crisis for the last five months. My twin brother, he's, um, he's working through some diagnosed schizophrenia. So, mm. So uh, he was living here. That's that's all his shit right there. Like he, it's it's been very. It's I've gone through the hardest crisis as a human being, and and showing compassion and having to limit the compassion I could show to somebody because they were being too too self destructive, and I couldn't let them destroy us both. Yeah, you can't enable that. I I couldn't enable it, so I had to kick my brother out. Like I was like, listen, I'm about to get evicted. I'm about to lose my job. I'm about to like I can't help you anymore because you need more help than I can provide. I'm really sorry, but I've been shown these limits. Mm. Like you can't save somebody else. Really? You can't mm -hmm. like, you can help somebody else, but you can, you can never save somebody else if they don't want to be saved. Mm. So I'm saying all that to say this lover of mine, I, I wasn't able to be present in the relationship with her and give her certain things that I was giving to her last year. Cause I'm like, I'm sorry. My brother's been fucking up my life for the last five months. There's a bunch of relationships that are suffering right now because I've got a very mentally unwell person living in my house. Like my peace of mind is destroyed. I can't. Mm. And she was really, she, like I couldn't be there in a relationship with her on a positive level. So she started, she started reaching out negatively and was like, listen, she started being like, knowing that if she were to speak negatively, it would trigger certain things that I would, that I would almost have to respond to mm. instead of speaking with compassion and understanding and giving me space and patience. She was like, well, you know, if I say, take care, see you when things are okay. I'll say thank you, I love you, and then maybe not talk to her for three or six months because I'm dealing with uh, somebody who's got mental health issues. Mm -hmm. But if she was like, well, you know, that's some bullshit and whatever, and fuck you, your excuses are shit, then, like, I would be incredibly irresponsible if I didn't respond to that. Mm. So I was like, oh, God, you're not being compassionate, but I'm going to reply to you and now you're getting the attention from me that you're not getting. But it's all negative. Mm. So I was like, this sucks. It's a lose-lose situation. But mm. such is the nature of life, I guess, sometimes. And it just showed me the levels of compassion that can exist. Like, and, and passive-aggressive kindness and all these weird nuanced areas of the spaces that can exist between people. Uh, mm. I, I hope somebody takes something of value from that <laughs> little. Diet. I think they will. I think they will. And I mean, yeah, it's 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 so hard, especially those closest to us, to not enable, right? To not get sucked into whatever it is, whatever the behavior is, whatever it, the the trigger is. That 
flips us into reactive mode or, you know, trying to put out the fires, as it were. I can only imagine what that must be like with a, a brother, a twin brother at that, right? Because if you guys grew up together, that's just like deeply, deeply ingrained patterns and relating and all this sorts of stuff, right? You see someone suffering and you want to help. You know, as human beings, we want to help. But then if we're not taking care of ourselves, then everything goes down. So, man, I just acknowledge you for, for making it through that. That's not easy stuff. Thank you very much. And I kind of not through it yet. It's been about getting 20 years. Through. Getting through. Like, there's, it's been multiple chapters of, like a, of an epic saga of, of destruction and sabotage and renewal. Mm. Um, I saw him on the street two days ago, and I just... He was okay. He's living in a homeless shelter right now, and it's like... Part of me is just like, oh my God, when the fuck will somebody just get him to Steven Spielberg's awareness so he can say, this is a fascinating human being going through supernatural, schizophrenic insanity, and mm. this would make a magnificent story to tell, so let's let's get this guy in a safe space and have him write down his life story and then everything's happily ever after. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, mm. I'm just hoping for some kind of beautiful resolution to this because it's, it's, it's darkness. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, you know, the law of opposites. The, the darker and deeper you go, then the higher and lighter you get to fly afterward is what I believe. You know, yeah. as long as you make it through. We don't always make it through. That's it. That's the reality. That's it. And the other thing that uh, this is reminding me of is, so we you know, were talking about um, language and English language and possession mm -hmm. and how the indigenous didn't have those yep. ideas or concepts yep. at all. No like, ownership. Who are all these white people that are coming and trying to, they're going to buy this land from us? Yeah, you can't. Okay. You can't. You can't buy the land like you can't buy the air. Like, yeah. Who are you gonna... It exists. Yeah. We all breathe we it. We all use it. You can't buy water. <laughs> yeah. Use it. And so in the same way that those cultures recognize what we would call schizophrenia as, oh, this is a potential healer yep. being birthed, going through a trial, you know, <clears throat> dealing with alternate realities and we need to take care of them yeah. because they are going to be the biggest gift and potential salvation of our tribe in a time of need if we can get them through this challenge. Yeah. And so they would go to extreme lengths to um, you know, help them integrate what it is they're going through. Absolutely. And what do we do in this culture? We throw people in boxes. Yeah. We imprison them. Silence. We medicate them. Yeah. Numb them. Yeah. It's crazy. Ignore them. Yeah invisibilize them walk past them on the street when they're sitting there saying help me or listen to me yeah you're so right you're so right and i'm so glad you said that because my brother is a fascinatingly brilliant human being mm. incredible like he's spewing he memorizes psychology of the mind he it's profound he is aware of all kinds of mental processes beyond the typical paranormal mm. psychology and and metaphysics and astrology and stuff. He's just a, a repository for them. He's brilliant at it. But then, like, when it comes to regular day-to-day -day functions, he is a, like, it's a chaotic mess. And and that's the thing. He's a fascinating, brilliant man, but um, also struggling with some stuff. He's, mm. he, he hears voices. What, what these voices are saying, maybe they're messages for the future that the world needs to hear. Maybe they're the 
the possessions of a mad mind. Maybe they're both. Mm. Whatever. But like exactly what you said, like I wish it was I wish the society like would help heal and listen instead of just apologize. Yeah, and they numb him he, and just ignore him. So mm-hmm. that's one of many challenges. And I'm so glad you said it too. It's also very very unique to see a person that's physically exactly like you like walking a path to life and you can't really do anything about it like mm. it, it it teaches compassion on a really weird level because people are like oh you know everyone's born well not everyone but a lot of people are just born themselves and i have like a i have a, a doppelganger i have a twin identical twin who's physically exactly like me but mentally and spiritually sometimes the most opposite human being than anyone on the planet. And, like, mm. there are things that you have said that I can relate to you better than I can relate to my brother's philosophy. Like, he, mm. there's, there are certain things around his values of women and sexuality or his perspective on space and time and, and religion that I'm almost violently opposed to. Mm. And I'm like, I love you. You're my twin brother. But, like, those aren't my beliefs at all. Mm-hmm. And, like, you are random friend or whatever might have more aligned beliefs than me and my twin brother but mm. i'm like that that doesn't mean anything on any level yeah i still love you both mm. and then we're both all family and that's the nature of life like you don't have to have the same values and morals and perspectives and philosophies as your family mm-hmm. and maybe your family is a tribe of people on the other side of the world who maybe you don't even speak the same language of yet mm. but like in the core of your values and beliefs, maybe, maybe they are your family more than the people that birthed you. Such as yeah. the nature of life and love and humanity, I feel. I feel that too. I feel like right now we're sort of on the front line of the rebirth of modern tribalism mm-hmm. and connecting to our soul family, our spirit family, right? It goes beyond blood ties. It's like time to transcend that, right? We need to move past that. We need to, really teams, like we're still picking teams, we're still fighting for teams <laughs> and fighting over this patch yeah. of territory yeah. in the name of whatever God or yeah. nation. Or It's like, come on, people. Yeah. It's 2016. Totally. Like, we're ready to move past that. Yeah. All and, those lines are imaginary and illusionary anyways. Yeah. Like a map, you know? Yeah, exactly. Humans made those maps. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 300 years ago, there's none of those lines are there. Yeah. It's just land. Yeah. Yeah. And now you got people who want to build walls, build big walls. You know, I, like, I'm going to build a big wall and keep everybody out. Totally. Like, you're making your country a prison. And that yeah. will not work. And, like, the psychology behind that is really perverse. Yeah. But a lot of people are behind it. So, anyways. Yeah. It's I a, almost see two separate, maybe probably more than two, but actually separate subspecies emerging. You know, uh, people that are more aware and ready to integrate and harmonize with ancient wisdom and modern technology yes. in order to create like self-sustaining wellness, permaculture, learning, cultural healing centers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to have amazing superhero children. Yes. And, you know, continue to grow and beautify the earth and harmonize and, you know, all this amazing stuff. And then you got like the robots and like the yeah. automatons who just, you know, stay in the lines and punch the numbers and, you know, and it's like they're not human anymore. No. They're not human anymore. So we'll see. We'll see how fast this plays out. All I know is I know who I'm gonna be with. You know, yeah. I know what I know what tribe, as it were, or culture or whatever I wanna move toward. Um I'm with you there, brother. <laughs> I'm so with you. Yeah. Yeah. I actually um 
I don't relate to the concept of male very well. Mm. I don't relate to the concept of man, what it means to be a man. Like, I... I say this a lot, and I definitely, this is the time and place to say it. Like, I like I love you as a dude because you, as a human, fuck the word dude. Like, mm. um, just I like you as a person because you are a sensitive creature. You, you're, to me, the only thing that, a, 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 quote, unquote, a person needs to be a man, like this concept of what makes a man, I think it's just being having the integrity to stay true to your word. That's it. If you and and that goes into the spell casting and and the power of the word and your word being your bond, mm. so a man doesn't need to knock anybody out or be violent or earn a million dollars or produce a baby or have a wife or or shoot a gun in a war or anything any of those concepts of manliness and manhood and machismo and and patriarchal masculinity all that bullshit to me i it just i blow it all away i don't believe none of it i don't support none of it i don't mm. like the most effeminate fey 97 pound weakling skinny little boy is just as much of a man as arnold schwarzenegger at his prime to me like mm. arnold like that that little boy doesn't need to knock out arnold to prove he's a man and like this whole concept of violence proving what manliness is 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 a caveman Neanderthal notion that I do not perpetuate or support in any breath, any level. Any man who play, I'm like, you will not find me at those places. You will not hear me supporting those philosophies or supporting mm. those men. There are a few times and places where martial arts or discipline and the and the dance of that level of energy i can appreciate i love kung fu movies i love action movies mm. but i'm also reflecting on my love of action movies and being like why do i like that i don't really like i don't like the concept of good guys and bad guys anymore in action movies because the get, bad guys are the good guys to their families mm -hmm. and the good guys, it's not really that good to kill in any fucking facet of life. Mm -hmm. So you're not really that good or different. Mm -hmm. And also, I'm like, why do I like action movies? I figure it's it's more the ballet and the poetry of the action than the actual violence itself. Mm -hmm. And I also appreciate really brilliant, witty um, decision making. I think that's something that people are like, why why are we gra why do we gravitate to movies? Because it's like. What would you do in that situation? What is the solution? What is the answer? Like you're trapped in a cell and da 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 da, da. and it's like somebody's ingenious and creative enough to grab a stick and a and a and a and a paper clip and whatever and make a bomb or whatever and it's like, wow, that's actually ingenious and creative. And on one level we look at it as violent, but on another level it's like, no, oh, that's power and magic and and, and human ingenuity mm. saving existence. So so I'm like, I break down violence on a different level now. And I'm like, I don't like violence itself, but I like creativity and I love the ballet of martial arts. Mm. But I'm saying all this to say, like, <clears throat> the last 2,000 years, the archetypes of man have been warrior, conqueror, colonialist, like general in the army, you know, slave master. Mm. Literally, those are the main ones. Or, or like, you know, robber baron or, uh, you know, super capitalist the mm -hmm. boss the man the boss the president that's it mm. most men have aspired to being those period and i'm like fuck all that i'm gonna be a lover 
I'm going to be a romantic. I'm going to be an artist. Th- that's it. Anything in those mm. realms, that's their level. And that's going to allow compassion, femininity, balance, awareness, just empathy. And, mm. and, and, and I'm going to be able to fluidly flow between all identities of humanity. Like mm. there are times where I do want to be feminine and gentle and, and nurturing. And then there are times where I want to be aggressive and powerful and loud. And it's like, who's to say that the aggressive, powerful, loud side isn't feminine or that the nurturing side isn't masculine. Like mm. I want to be able to redefine it all. So, yeah, well, I like that. I like that. I mean, cause my current understanding is more of, I guess would be a traditional understanding. Right. And, and having dove in a little deeper dove in, is that a word? Yeah, yeah, sure. Dove, it is now. Dove, yeah. Yeah. Right now you made it up into uh tantric yoga, right. Which is all about union. Right. Yes. And so recognizing the natural qualities of what's masculine or feminine, you know, solar, you know, the sun, father, God, all that stuff, mother earth and the moon and the flowing and nurturing versus, you know, vision and going out. And so it seems nature reflects these innate qualities that we've termed masculine and feminine, Mm -hmm. but that uh, transcends gender, right? Man, woman, right? Because we all have both within us. And so, whereas I don't think, for myself, I don't think I, 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 I am ready to throw away, per se, um, quite as much as it sounds like you might be ready to. Like, I want to harness our innate capacities. And when we have a, you know, a, a, a masculine man, as it were, put him in martial arts, you know, refine him in that way, discipline him in that way. I think we should all do martial arts yep. right? at some point, uh, just, absolutely. For, just for the discipline. Yep. But violence is to be avoided. Right? Yep. Any martial art is to avoid violence. Yeah. It's to build yourself up so that you are prepared to engage if needed because violence exists and seems like it will always exist and death will always exist. And, you know, for life to exist, we have to kill things. And, you know, that's just the, the flow of things as yeah. it is now. Yeah. But definitely to transcend the, you know, the, the, the culturally created idea of man and woman um, and be able to, yeah, be flexible, right? Be flexible because it's so true that, I mean, I feel like we have a core essence and I know David Data talks about this, right? And so a lot of men that are core masculine, you know, they're going to be in that most of the time. Yeah. But even them require for their own, you know, well-being on a soul, mind, body le- level to submit, right? And that's where you have like dominatrixes. Yep. Who will be paid hundreds or thousands of dollars by these very macho, go out there, corporate type of dudes to be dominated, right? Because they their whole life is them going out and dominating. Yeah. And they need a release. They need to submit. Yep. So I feel like we're moving into this and people are, you know, better understanding and better integrating these different polarities. And um, it, it is scary. It was scary for me, especially diving into Tantra with my first committed relationship and getting worried that I would kill the magnetism. You know, if I'm too feminine... I'm going to kill the magnetism and there's going to be no attraction. Wow. I've never had that thought. Holy and that, shit. And that funneling, I guess the fear behind that was that, okay, if I kill the attraction, I'll lose sex, right? Yeah. Because I realized after the relationship ended, so much of it was this uh, security of regular sexual activity yeah. that I was trying to protect. 
huh. which I imagine lots of us are trying to protect. Everyone is. And I, I don't even know how you would, with 15 people, <laughs> like that blows my mind. I had enough, uh-huh. it's hard enough juggling, or not juggling, being with one person I found. I mean, to establish boundaries and communication and all these things. I can't imagine what it's like <laughs> in your world. I, I constant, it sounds, constant scheduling. It sounds exhausting. Constant scheduling. Um, I, it's not. It's not exhausting. It, it's my dream come true. So. Well, and you, I feel like you, you, you know, you've got yourself to a place where it's probably actually rejuvenating, right? And you're making love in a way that is, is rejuvenating. You're cultivating those deep, deep creative energies and being flooded with that. Flooded with. I, I, I live in heaven on earth. Like I. I hope people actually hear that when I'm when I'm dead and gone. If I were to leave tomorrow, but I hope to be around for another hundred years and just like I've created a paradise. Mm. It's a paradise made of love, where dreams overlap other dreams, and people mm. are just their true, honest selves in this loving situation. Mm. There's no fear. There's no there's no high school possession and and typical. There's no illusions of the one and mm. all those fairy tales that we've been told about love none of those are 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 clouding over any of my relationships we are mm. we are courageously and adventurously diving forward and flying forward in love mm. and we're we, all of the our, our lovers we have brand new understandings of what we want in each other's relationships and from each other and we're constantly in negotiation and communication of saying, how much do you need me? What do you need from me? How can I help you? And how can I love you better? Mm. And I, I'm at almost critical mass with my lovers. Like I have so many lovers where I'm like, I'm very careful on choosing new lovers because I'm like, mm. I have 15 or 16 and I pretty much every day of like, I've had many weeks this year where I have love six out of seven days of the week. I have many times where I'm seeing two or two lovers in a day i try not to see three but sometimes i i have no choice but i'm scheduling time to see three lovers in a day and Mm. sometimes it's only work sometimes it's on camera sometimes it's off camera but it is so consistent and beautiful and amazing that Mm. i i can't subscribe to anybody's theories that heaven can't be here right now i'm like Mm. you can believe you can have that work for you if you want to believe that you can't create heaven and I know that maybe your parents didn't tell you that you were in heaven or that the religion that you believed when you were a child didn't tell you that heaven could happen here on earth, mm. that this place might not even be called earth in the first place, or that like heaven is a place that you get to if you do enough good deeds after you die. My concept is I have the power and belief in love and truth and connection between humans that we can make heaven right here before I die or they die and we can keep going back to heaven. It's not, Mm. it's a, it's a state that we reach and it's, it's like, it's like light. It's like you, you reach there and then you can just go deeper and higher and further with each other. Mm. And that's it. So that's where I'm at with it. And it's challenging. Um, I've had two lovers leave in the last year. Um, One of them had some really deep, deep um old therapy issues that they had to work through still that i didn't even know about Mm. from before i showed up to their relationship um and then another one was just they wanted more from me than i was able to provide and that's the other thing like there was no possession in this there's 
like a lot of relationships die and crumble because people think that they can own each other and it's mm. like you don't even own your own body the energy in your body is going to leave when you're dead and you don't mm. own you don't actually own the flesh you're in you're responsible to it and that's what those are the tools you operate in reality with but you mm. don't own yourself nobody owns anything here mm. we're all just sharing this stuff so i mean once you approach life like that there's so much freedom i don't i don't know what arguments are with my lovers mm. i'm so honest every fucking argument almost comes down to somebody saying one thing and then doing something else mm. so i'm like if you're a man that says i'm gonna kill everybody in eaton center with this seven inch blade at 904 and then come home to make love to you if you kill everyone and then come home and that woman shows you up she'll be like wow that guy's a man of his word. He's insane, but at least he didn't lie to me. And it's like, no matter how insane you're, like, people don't, if you have no discrepancy between what you say and what you do, you will not have problems with your lovers. Mm. Guys are like, oh, I'm just going out to see a ball game. And then they go out and have sex with their secretary. Like, that's the problem. So, like, mm. if you were to say to your wife, I'm going out to have sex with my secretary. And she's like, hmm. Ah, he was honest about it. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'm okay with that. And then you go yeah. out and have sex with your secretary and come home. Wife, I was just had sex with my secretary. Cool. I hope you wore a condom. That that's my reality. Yeah. I'm with women who I'm like I'm a hundred percent honest with, and I'm like yeah. I'm just sexually safe and I'm emotionally responsible, mm. and that's why I can have fourteen lovers mm. because I've told all of them everything that they ever want to know. There's only one answer: the truth. My answers don't change. I don't. Mm. I don't. I don't juggle stories and lies. I'm like, oh, what did I? What, what, how did I play this girl and what, what lies did I fabricate? Yeah, that sounds fucking like a lot of work. All of that's the way it's more work. That's yeah. what I've never actually said this, but it's something that's kind of controversial and I do believe it in my heart. Some guys don't treat one lover as well as I treat 15. And like, I can say something that fucking almost arrogant because I actually have 15 lovers that I'm consistently seeing long term relationship. Mm beautiful sexual emotional physical connections that are it's not just a bunch of booty calls i know their first names i've gone to dinners ma magical moments bike rides everything we share like everything it's not mm. not just sex but it's with more than just one person that i'm just making a false illusion around mm -hmm. and trying to own before somebody gets sick of somebody taking too much from the other person and then cutting it all off because mm -hmm. that's how most relationships end they're like I can't take them anymore they're taking too much from me I can't give them what they need but mostly they're taking too much from me that's what it's because people are not they think they own each other and it's like that's my girlfriend I can take mm. whatever I want from her or what I need yeah or they're trying to play the like the the tit for tat game you know it's like I do this and then I deserve this and you do that and then I reciprocate in this way and it's this very mechanistic sort of way of relating that I've fallen into at times to be quite honest but ultimately it's uh, you know it's like dead right it's not organic it doesn't allow for the spontaneous organic expression of what's true and what's best for both people in any given moment yeah absolutely that recognizing that can be hard in the in in the at the moment in hindsight you know 2020 yeah. and like you said you know had to have a wife who can be understanding or a partner who's understanding you and yeah. grow up beautiful idea yeah. for a lot of people it's just not there yet 
but I we hold the ideal, right? That's the whole idea of having ideals and then moving toward them, is to accomplish, to to help greater realize those ideals. So if 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 people aren't doing it, we're never going to get anywhere. So I commend you for holding that, creating that, you know, living that, because uh, man, that's uh, it takes a very flexible mind to be able to end up in that reality. I feel. Thank you. Um, I I do have a very very open mind, and <clears throat> my love constantly conquers my fears. Um, mm-hmm. It's generally just a leap of faith. It's just having the courage. It's really not even psychological at a certain point. Like you can be theoretical and and philosophical about it and be like, okay, well, there's polyamory versus monogamy, but and that's all very true. But at, on a certain level, I'm just thinking, well. This is how my heart operates, and I care about this one person, but I also care about this other person, and I don't want to, I don't want to cut off my left hand just to, you know, to, to protect my right hand. I'm like, mm. I'm gonna ask the person on the left, hey, I care about you, but when I'm not with you, are you comfortable with me being with this other person I care about? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hide this from you. My heart genuinely has emotions for both of you, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not saying it in a greedy fashion. Like, oh, I want to be with as many people as I can, so I'm setting up as much situations where I can. It's like, no. I, I take full responsibility for every emotion that I say. I don't, I don't fabricate a single emotion. If I see a beautiful woman that's just beautiful, and I don't actually feel attracted to her, I won't say, "You're beautiful." I'll just maybe think mm. it. I'll just be like, huh, that looks good. But, like, if I see somebody that I'm genuinely attracted to, I will say, I feel attraction to you. That doesn't mean that they're going to feel it back for me, and I don't expect it. But if they say, hey, I'm interested in you, too, I'll be like, awesome. Would you like to have a relationship together or something along those lines? Mm-hmm. And if and if they say yes, I'll be like, cool. And they're like, okay, well, what's your situation? I'll be like, I'm not alone. I have other relationships. I have other people that I do have sex with. I'm telling you that right now. But I'm also saying I'm willing to negotiate and reschedule and structure my life to allow you to have a space in it too because I genuinely feel these emotions. Mm. If the day comes, if the moment comes where I don't feel attracted to you anymore or we grow to a place where it's not working for me or you, then we sit down like mature adults and discuss it and be like, thank you, this is our truth. It's been a beautiful journey. I wish you well in life, and I wish you find the people that are good for you right now. Mm. I, I've, I, like, there's almost all the women that I stopped making love with, I'm still great friends with. I see mm. them in public. We talk. We hang out. Like, we can still share various other things in life. This whole concept of once you have an ex part, I asked somebody recently. Yeah, the whole idea of an ex. Yeah. I, I cut off all contact. Yeah, and then discard harbor, them as a human. Harbor and, bad feelings about them forever. Yeah, and, talk shit about them forever <laughs> and be like, oh, I can, I'll delete their number. And like, oh, never. Th-. And I'm like, yo, what? You just spent six months or a year or two years or five, insert number. Mm. You spent a whole bunch of time with that person. Energy went places, made memories, and then you're just going to, like, you have one breakup and throw it all away? What? Yeah. That's, like, psychotic. It is. I'm it like, is. and that's destructive? That's just, there's, I'm like, no. Yeah. I refuse. I only have one lover who I cannot speak to, and it's a very complicated situation, and, yeah, she won't speak to me. I would love to speak to her, but she had a kid with another guy, and 
she is a very monogamous traditional person who had a mm. um actually like muslim upbringing so and, oh, yeah. yeah her her approach to sexuality wasn't that well like, that makes sense I yeah mean, whatever's it was planted in those first six years is deep yeah exactly exactly and yeah. it's hard to overcome and confront those but uh yeah i'm in the same boat i'm in the same boat i mean except yeah i mean i feel like i'm on decent terms at least if not still friends with every woman I've been intimate with, and it's beautiful. It's, it's like how well, great I, is it? Yeah, we cherished it as it lasted. Now it's not there, but we're still the same people yeah. in a sense. I mean, we're changing people, but we can still be friends. We can still do stuff. We can still collaborate. We can still enjoy things. Yeah, it's wonderful. Oh no, right? It's wonderful. Yeah, like they're just a person you still respect. Yeah, yeah. And this whole idea of heaven on earth, or heaven and earth, or whatever the concept is, that fascinates me. That fascinates me, and the best working paradigm I have for it is that, I mean, heaven can exist in any moment. You know, it's a state, as you said, but I feel like the actual myth of heaven, like the Old Testament and all that, comes from the transition from hunter-gatherer, tribal living, to uh, socialized, civilized, domesticated, agricultural living. Whereas on the hunter-gatherer side, you have abundance, and you have everything you need, and you have oneness with your people and with the surrounding environment, and you are one with God because God is in all things and through all things, and you're, you know, it's this more natural, I mean, natural is sort of a, a killed word at this point, but I um, untainted or, or harmonious existence, right? And then around comes agriculture. And we're going to farm and we're going to work hard for our food. You know, you will sweat. You will have your bread by the sweat of your brow and all these sorts of ideas. And scarcity and starvation and famine that comes out of that. Right. You know, hunter gatherers, famine is probably few and far between because they move. They're always on the go. They're following the herd. They're following the berries. They're picking the herbs. They're fishing the fish. They're not putting all their energy into this field. And then if it doesn't rain enough, they're all fucked. You know? Yeah, for real, for a whole year. And that's the the basis of civilization, right? It's agricultural existence and uh, domestication. And so what I feel like is the potential for the future, right? For the new earth, as it were, or the, what do they say, the fifth dimensional existence that yeah. we're moving into <clears throat> is going to be a rebalancing of these things, right? It's It's more permaculture. Mm -hmm. That's where you see permaculture being huge these days because it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, We don't have to, nor would we want to, work all day every day to have enough food to eat yeah. just to get by. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, abundance is real. It is here. It is always there. Like The universe is always giving. Nature is always giving and regenerating. And I just feel like the faster we can realize these things and realize where we've come from and take the lessons from that as we move forward right to, to 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 establish another way and these aren't original ideas no no but, maybe there isn't a single original idea but it's mm. about the application of using the right idea at the right time mm. and and maybe like why have the most brilliant ideas of our ancestors been suppressed and where did all the great books go? And where did all the 
the liberating wisdom go? Why, why aren't the masses taught the depth of potential that exists here? Like, mm. I mean, it really comes down to you know the, the Control. educate controls, making slaves out of everyone. It just mm. really comes down to that. Like, um. So you added a concept to this heaven and earth theory that like I have never part of me is going to be with there for a while. Thank you for that, because really, that's it. Like the industrialization of nature destroyed the concept of people being at one with earth and heaven. And um, and like, I don't want to I don't want to force it on anyone. I, I believe it with all my fucking heart and soul that this place is and like. And sometimes I'm like, well, heaven is a Christian word, and maybe I should say mm. paradise more because it's kind of like non-religious. But mm. it's like it's it doesn't even matter. Like Nirvana, Gaia, fucking Magic Land, say whatever you want, Fantasy Land, whatever. It's just mm. that Earth can be a ma- a place beyond your dreams, and you you can have dreams this big, and then the Earth can provide you ten times more than that. Mm. There's real human beings who have done things beyond articulation well like pick pick somebody who's accomplished magnificent things prince or bill gates or fucking jimmy whoever whatever industry like huge dreams can come from nothing mm-hmm. people who were didn't exist 30 years ago and then in the span of like fucking drake i know drake i've met drake as a human like i've seen him five six years ago when what he'd accomplished wasn't real and he's manifested dreams beyond articulation and like mm. he has he said in a song i bet heaven feels almost like this like mm. like he said those things and i'm like these are people who who have glimpses of the potential of the magnificence of life and mm. like if everybody could believe that big it would it would be heaven it would be paradise and like and of course the flip side to that is like yeah you can't there is no appreciation of the sun without the moon. Yes. So you like without heaven, there is no hell. Yes. There has to be death. There has to be pain. There is going to be suffering. But the thing is, there's a lot more pain and death and suffering than has to be because a lot of people mm. are in control of it right now. Yeah. And they're man. They make a lot of money off it. And they're like, well, we can't cure a bunch of diseases because then our source of income is gone. We just, we have the cures for cancers and diabetes, but like, we can't just cure people of it. We're just going to like, wean them on this medicine for the rest of their life and make a whole lot of money off it so it's like yeah we're gonna you know we're gonna suck them dry of their life energy it's gonna sustain us in this empire we've built yeah and uh they're gonna suffer many many years and that's just the way it's gonna be fuck that but fuck yeah like exactly and so we're seeing all these disruptions right that's where the internet and mobile phones and apps everything's being disrupted right so you know, fucking money is being disrupted by Bitcoin and yeah. healthcare is being disrupted by health bloggers and, yeah. you know, natural vitamins and gardening and all this crazy stuff. And um, I just love seeing that and I love creating that. I, I mean, we are part of that, yeah. right? To to be the solution that is going to render, you know, the largest industries on this planet completely unnecessary yeah <laughs> which to me is beautiful because who wants to do these soul-sucking jobs anyways you know that that ceo of you know monsanto he probably hates his life yeah if i had to guess if i had to guess it's probably not that good yeah i've always said we got to take all these jobs you know people are scared i'll lose my job i'm gonna lose my job you know how much more limited of a perspective can you have yeah. there's infinite things to do you will be provided for we can make it through yeah and having worked in the government I worked for a municipality. 
there's a lot of useless jobs yeah. in the government, to be <laughs> yeah. quite honest. Yes. I've always said, why don't we get rid of that shit and grow food everywhere? Yeah. You know, we need people to do that. Awesome. To transform cities into urban edible playgrounds. And people love to garden, right? Brilliant idea. I haven't yeah. met a human that doesn't like being outside. Yeah. Doesn't like getting in the dirt. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. And I mean, not everyone's going to be a gardener. But we could use a whole lot more. Yeah. We could use a shitload more organic gardener permaculture artists out there in the world. Wow. So. And and it's just an essential part of being a human, probably. Just having, being able to play, have your hands in the dirt, mm. connect to grass and nature yeah. and water and, yeah. and, and the growth from, like, that, the concept of a seed to a plant to a tree. Like, come on. How, what the, where the fuck are we if we, like, that's actual life. Like that's every, magic. That's magic. And, like, everybody who fucks is putting a seed in earth or in a, in a, in a womb. And, in, in like, growth is sex and life. That's all that's happening. So, like, us being disconnected from gardening and, and farming and stuff is a fucking horrible future for us. Like, mm. we all should definitely have our hands in more gardens and stuff. I actually, when you were talking about juggling, like, I think of my 15 my relationship i the metaphor of a garden is one that lives with me very closely mm. i often think of like i don't think of me juggling my lovers as balls in the air that metaphor it it, it it's apt but it's also you know a little and eh, maybe crude it doesn't cut it, doesn't <laughs> yeah, cut it. Yeah, yeah yeah so so um it's more beautiful to me for me to think of my lovers as a garden and they're they're all flowers and I'm just tending to each of them as I grow. And it, okay. yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say you're the bee. Because I've had that analogy in my head. That one works too. You're the too. bee and you visit the flowers and you do the little dance and you get the pollen and you move to the next. That works too, yeah. Or yeah. the gardener. Or, yeah, or the Probably gardener. Probably the gardener. The bee, I feel like, I mean, they're pretty maybe unconscious in their activity. The gardener understands the bigger picture, knows where to go, knows what weeds to pull. Yeah. Oh, thank you, man. Oh, yeah. Well, as a young man, I've felt like a bee. Yes. I've yeah. dreamt of being the bee yes. in a beautiful garden of amazing flowers. Yeah. <laughs> I love, man. What weeds to pull? I never even thought of that side of it. I, I've always thought about when I meet a new person and I'm putting in a seed, and and then the the the, the roses and daffodils that are already there are the lovers that I already have, and and that is just when I go see someone, I'm just watering them, and it's just it's just maintaining a whole garden of a variety of flowers and to me like it also works because i thought you never see a garden with only one flower so why what what is a person's heart that only loves one person mm. it's like like this whole concept of the one is a really poisonous insidious evil idea and i've been breaking mm. it down on like not only is the concept of the one like the cinderella idea of like w elevating one person to love above the other seven billion people on the planet is not actually that nice of an idea as much as you may have been brainwashed to think so it's not that cool mm. and like also conversely like thinking that there is one god above every other thing and every other god like that also is a horrible idea that's like saying like Water is more important than air and sunlight and grass and ground. And it's like, no, mm. everything works with each other. Mm. Sunlight is very important, but like, 
if it was only sunlight all day, we would never sleep and we would fucking hate the sun and we would all have to build something to shelter us from the sun at a certain point in time. Yeah. There is no there is no singular item that is more important than any other item mm. or human or philosophy or dream or or death or or death or negative thing. Everything has its fucking place in time. Mm. So it's like I'm really like I don't, and I when people want to be monogamous, I'm like, listen, you just have to understand how serious it is because it's it's technically not actually part of nature. Mm -hmm. There is n no animals in nature, as far as I know, get married. Mm -hmm. They have kids. They have mating season. They they build homes, mm -hmm. but they don't have these these false contracts on love. They don't have. They don't make up a marriage document and get a pastor. Animals fuck have children, protect the children, and then let the children fly free. That's mm -hmm. it. So I'm like, yo, we should all, we get together, we protect our children, and then let our children fly free. And like, we don't need to marry, we don't need to try to lock on one moment and hold one moment or one promise, the promise to be with you for the rest of your life. Are you fucking insane? There's, there's nothing that you will, you will not have your hair for the rest of your life. You will not have mm -hmm. your, your shoes for the rest of your life. There's not a single thing that you will hold on to your whole life. You will live and grow and die and you will evolve through stages. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen with relationships too. So like if you're strangling onto someone for a whole lifetime, like we don't live in an era where that really is like possible anymore. And if it happens, it's a blessing and love it. But like, mm -hmm. But, like, to expect, like, to think that a relationship is a failure because you didn't recreate what your grandparents did and stay together for 90 years of a marriage, you're fucking insane. Yeah. Your grandparents, your grandma, and your grandfather did not have the life or the options or the awareness that you have. Yeah. Period. It's a whole different universe and world. So, like, you shouldn't, people, I mean, I, I will end this rant with definitely this. Like, I don't, for, I, the, the idea of comparison in love is fucking hell comparison mm. is the thief of joy comparison mm. is the thief of joy i live with that because i don't compare myself to any other porn stars or rappers or anybody i'm like i walk my singular path i have 15 lovers i have consistent love i have beauty and sex i'm not jealous of jay-z i'm not jealous of fucking james dean i'm not jealous of anybody i'm not jealous of wilt chamberlain or mick jagger or whatever i learn from them mm -hmm. i'm not jealous of hugh hefner i'm I, I i study all these great lovers in history people who've had hundreds of lovers thousands of lovers people who have had sex with many people I've, i study mm -hmm. actors and i study musicians and i'm like how does a man have sex with fifteen thousand women in his lifetime instead of three or four like the traditional typical north american male does mm. and I, like i've studied casanova and don juan and 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 but i don't compare myself to them i'm me in my life with my beliefs on my path doing my own thing mm. responding to the lovers that i have in my world and i love my universe i love my life i make my own heaven and i don't mm. i don't compare myself as a man, I don't compare my dick or my heart or my muscles or anything. Mm. I'm not like, oh, I'm not as muscular as Arnold Schwarzenegger or Idris Elba or Wesley Snipes or whatever. I'm not as rich as Drake or whatever. Like, nah. Drake's got things that are cool, but I've got things that Drake doesn't have. And it just keeps me happy where I am and in mm. peace. And I don't compare myself to any other love, which makes my love pure, which makes my life pure, it makes my mm. happiness pure. And all I'm 
just trying to do is find new teachers mm. so I can do myself better and then just inspire others to make them believe, hey, don't follow me, but just follow your version of your own dreams. If you want to have 15 lovers like I have, then do it. But don't do it because you're trying to be me. Mm -hmm. Do it because you always wanted that for yourself. Yeah. If you want to have one woman, then have one woman. If you really are the person who's like, I'm not interested in all these lovers. There's this one woman that I'm focused on and I, I can make a 50-year beautiful relationship with her. Do that only if you want to do that. Don't do that because society told you or that your parents told you or that fucking schools tell you or that some dumb movie told you that's the way to happiness. Mm -hmm. Do that because you want to do that. Yeah. And that's the only way that you'll have a happy monogamous relationship that's not full of fucking lies and bullshit and illusion. Mm. So, yeah. Word. <laughs> yeah. I live on that, man. Like, that's the yeah. core. Well, I love that. I love that comparison is a thief of joy it's, it's comparison is the thief of joy it's human it makes me think about our social media culture that is becoming rampant right and instagram pics and this and that and everyone's got there's a fucking beauty beautify selfie app that i had on my phone where you can change how you look right so first of all you go in and you can make your curves more you can make your acne go away you can make your eyes pop and all this crazy shit mm. and i hadn't used it i used it once yeah. I'll say I used it. Yeah, you check it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Check it out. And then I hadn't used it for like a week, and it pops up, and it says, "You haven't, you haven't used this in a long time." Yeah. Uh, life without selfies is not life at all, or something like that. I forget what it was exactly, wow. but it's like, are what you kind crazy? of message is that? <laughs> it was fucking crazy. What? <laughs> yeah, wow. it was crazy, and so I feel terrible for the kids that have to navigate this world. That's like it. I'm, I'm sort of the last generation of not having this. I didn't have a cell phone till end of high school. Nice. I had the internet, but we didn't spend all of our time on it. You mm -hmm. know, I yeah. would, it, it's, you go outside. Let's go call up Johnny. See if he wants to play. Let's go call up Adam. Let's who wants to come outside and play? Ride bikes all day. A, 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 you know, a more wholesome childhood. Mm -hmm. you just you, with your friends, doing your thing. In nature. You play all day. Yeah. Go home and eat dinner. Repeat. Yeah. 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 And kids these days, that I mean, the parents are hovering, right? You got apps to track your kid and cameras on your kid and your GPS to make sure they're fine. You can't let them go outside because you're worried they're going to get raped or abducted yeah. or murdered because yeah. of the last shooting on TV. It's it, insanity. Insane, insane. And then you go to the beautiful parks and they're like empty. It's like, where is everybody? Where is you? Everybody's inside. You nailed it. Why is everybody inside? Watching Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. But there was one other thing I wanted to get on there. Um, jealousy, right? Yes, As let's humans, go there. Let's go we're there. We're, ten, we t we're, 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 we're prone to have bouts, experience bouts of jealousy. Observe ourselves in as we can experiencing jealousy. Not, I'm jealous, but Brian is experiencing jealousy. You know, externalize yourself, create some distance, and then move forward. But it's like jealousy to me is like the seed of inspiration, right? As you said, mm -hmm. you're yes. not, you're not yes. jealous of these people, but you're inspired by them. You All of learn them. from them. Take it, transmute it. It's like the whole alchemy, you know, lead to gold. Jealousy yeah. being lead, inspiration being the gold. Yeah, That's available to all of us. Yeah, But we just have to be aware. We just have to choose to make things different, to love ourselves enough to not get stuck on this lower vibration, right? It's like, okay, you see that? Don't feel bad that they have it and you don't. That's essentially, you know, praying to the universe to never give it to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Perfect. 
but rather yeah. see it and think they did it. They're human. I'm human. I can do it too. Exactly that. Exactly that. I'm so glad you said it exactly how I perceive it. Every rapper, everyone in in, in hip hop, because I, I come from a hip hop yeah, foundation, yeah. but like they're like, oh, yo, Jay Z's platinum and this, and he did that and whatever, and you know, Lil Wayne did this. I was like, yo, man, that just shows what can be done. I'm not jealous that this rapper got did a got these platinum plaques and Grammys and has mm-hmm. nine cars and five mansions. That means that if I work hard, it, it's already done. Like it can be done in this reality. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, it. I don't. I'm not. I don't need to compare how long it takes me versus them because mm-hmm. that's just another race with them. It's just mm-hmm. like no. If you want to think of somebody that has owns three planes and maybe five mansions and t- in six different locations on three different continents, if you have that dream, know that that's not an insane dream because one real human in this one real planet actually has done that. Mm-hmm. So it's like no, I'm not jealous of anybody. Mm-hmm. There's not a single person where I'm like, oh, I wish, I wish I had their life more than my life. Like hell no. Well, and but, in the same way, sorry, in the yeah. same way. Um, to not view a relationship as a failure if it doesn't last forever. Exactly. To not view yourself as a failure if you haven't achieved massive critic, you know, critical acclaim and become yeah. a celebrity. Absolutely. It's like putting off your joy, putting off your, you know, feeling good and feeling fulfilled until some future moment comes, right? Until the circumstances arrange and the external <sighs> world reflects to you that you're enough. Yeah. Which it never will Which... unless you believe it. Yeah. And, like, you never need the external world's validation because you're fucking alive. You're born. You're here. Mm. Like, this is enough right now. Mm. Right now. Like, the future moment is, it's not even real. Like, it's it's going to be real because, essentially, the only way the future isn't real is if you're dead. <laughs> so, it's like, and that's that doesn't mean the future is real. That means your energy is just in another dimension that we are not allowed to discuss. Mm. That's just the nature of the rules of a reality bigger than us. And Mm. just fucking be humble that there are pictures and fucking dimensions deeper than you. And fucking, we don't know where the fuck we came from in the first place. So Mm. like, just understand that there's no need to know everything or try to control everything or fucking Mm -hmm. understand everything that deep. But like, I also think we have the word jealousy, but nobody has ever taught the flip side to that word and Mm. in my understanding the flip side the other side of the opposite of jealousy is this word called compersion Mm. i don't know if you've heard it before i've heard it i live by this word and i'm like yo man everyone talks about jealousy and envy in this society and fucking everyone's like everyone thinks jealousy is cool oh i'm jealous of you whatever like yeah that's fucking disgusting don't be jealous Mm. compersion it's being happy for somebody else's happiness. Mm. I'm like, yo, why are we not taught that? Like, mm. what? Like, I see, I have a girlfriend. I'm like, quote unquote, I don't even like to speak of it in like possessive terms, yeah, but yeah. the lovers that I'm with, I see them with other lovers. I'm not jealous of any of them. I'm like, I'm happy for her. She has mm. more love. She has my love in her life, and she has the love of another man in her life. If both of those are, are serving her heart, I'm even happier for her because mm. I know I'm being good to her. And if he's being good to her too, then fucking she's got two Ferraris instead of one. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yay for her. Like, yeah. why would I be mad that she's got another Ferrari? Or yeah. or I'm a Ferrari and he's a Lamborghini. 
I'm not going to be jealous. Or like, oh, I'm a Ferrari. I don't have the features of a Lamborghini. No, when she doesn't always want to drive a Lamborghini. Oh, when she wants me, she come to me. Yeah. When she wants him, she come to him. I have fucking faith that she'll be honest and like she takes care of the relationship. She's going to show up. I'm going to always be uh, an option for her. He's always going to be an option for her. Mm. Like she ain't going to need to turn me in if I if I do my job and like she's not going to want to sell me or get rid of me or end my relationship if I'm being as good as I can to her. Mm. So like compersion is the way that I live. I'm like whenever I I experienced maybe of a, 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 a three or four microsecond flicker of jealousy maybe twice a year. Like, mm. And it's super it's super brutally honest. It'll be like it'll be a, a some point in a relationship with like I love I don't love all of my 14 15 whatever different I love them all on different levels but like the circumstances that made each relationship are different and some of them are naturally not to say deeper but some of them require more energy than others and that's cool like some girls only want to fuck like once a month and that's I'm not going to say that that's less important than the girl who wants to fuck me and sees me every three days whatever they are all just whatever mm. like each finger on your hand is a different length but each finger has a different value like yeah, i'm not yeah. gonna say oh this relationship's the pinky it means less than the, yeah, than the thumb yeah. no whatever there's a time and place for everything but um this one like i really don't try to quantify them at all i really try to each time and place just let it manifest as fully as it's meant to mm. and and i'm so happy like i i don't i'm happy for them and their lovers and there's no jealousy but like the occasional jealous moment will come when something in myself makes me realize that it's deeper than i know and it's like mm. you care more for this person than than your conscious mind was telling you and when they told you that they had dinner with somebody or that they had a sexual experience or whatever my heart will be like oh like oh that happened and then i'll be like oh my goodness are you being jealous right now stop being possessive stop don't think that you own them celebrate the fact that they had a beautiful moment Mm -hmm. and i will automatically have a a self versus self war and i will i'll just shoot the jealousy dead with like literally within five seconds i can feel it happening like Mm. in less than 10 seconds be like oh I'm feeling a bit of jealousy that has no space and time in a relationship of love. Uh, become aware of it. Know that it will not serve you mm. know that it will not help you become closer to this person. Know that you do not own this person mm. and that there is no reason for you to be jealous dead. Yeah. And, and, and then again, opens up the potential for learning and inspiration. And if I can share a little bit about my past experience, because I me. think it's, well, I just want to share about it. Yeah. So my first ever, you know, committed partner, and I was what I would call a late bloomer in terms of relationships and sexuality. Okay. In terms of maturity, I feel like I'm ahead of my 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 years. You know, I'm 24 years old. Okay. Didn't have a first committed relationship until I was 23. Okay. Didn't have sex until I was 21. Wow. Raised in the church. Okay. That explains a lot. Okay. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And so. I'm with this girl for 10 months. It's very magical. Yeah. We meet on the full moon, awesome. on a beach, in an eye-gazing exercise. <laughs> she teaches yoga. We dance. We enjoy some cannabis. It's just beautiful, amazing experience. And then continued much in that way for those months. 
we learned a lot. We learned Tantra together, explored that world. And we go from planning to move in with each other to not together and her leaving to go to Ohio to live with this tantric dance master dude who's 10 years older than I um, and has like acres of land and they're going to develop this land and do this 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 permaculture project. And so at first it's like, oh shit, am I not enough? I'm not enough. She yeah. wouldn't be leaving. I'm not. An, I'm not a man. That's a man. Yeah. She's going to. You know all the, yeah. all these thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting to observe that. Um, mind you, we still have some communication. And what was better was I had some communication with him. Awesome. And he gave me such on point uh, reminders and lessons and guidance, coming from a more mature masculine place. And we're very similar, um, obviously, for her to go from me to him. I mean, there's Yes, a... I would think so. And so just the fact that I was open enough to receive that has been transformative because now we're like two months later and all the seeds that were planted then are sprouting now. I had this, this, I had this uh, pattern of going after older women. Okay. Always older, like three, four years older. Okay. I don't know if it was uh, a maturity thing, an emotional maturity thing. Not wanting to play games that I associated with younger women. But I think also it was for me to remain in my uh, boyishness tendencies and to have a woman. My mom really raised me in many ways. Yeah. To have a woman take care of things, as it were, or provide for me to allow me to not step up in that way, which I really deep down want to step up in. Okay. And so that pattern was perpetuated. And so one of the things he said was, go for younger women. Go for a woman where you can give and enlighten and uplift and share all the tools and the experience that you've been developing. Hmm. And to have that shift of, okay, what can I take from this older, more accomplished woman to what can I give to this maturing, Growing. blossoming, uh, has been profound. Wow. And now I find myself surrounded by opportunities with these more younger, maturing, searching, beautiful beings awesome. that I'm perfectly suited to give to. Amazing. And so it's like, for the average person, I don't think they can necessarily... What's average? Normal? <laughs> That's not normal, yeah. right? It's not normal to have these sorts of dynamics and learning and all those sorts of stuff. Because when I talked to my sister about the whole situation, she was like... Because, as you said, to throw away a relationship after you've invested that time... To me is like th you're, you've developed all this relationship capital, and I hate to yes, use capitalistic yeah. terms, but, but yeah, it's okay. It's you built yeah. it up, right? Yeah, this, it's, this it's resource. a metaphor. Yeah, and to throw that away seems foolish. It's maybe, yeah. Maybe put it on hold, you know, tend to it, and it's there if you need to connect. And I, I believe I will connect with this past partner and this guy who is doing this thing at some point. Yeah, because the dream they're creating is beautiful. It's yeah. it's down in Ohio, permaculture gardens. Martial arts, gardening, dance. It's amazing. Awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. But so the normal person wouldn't be able to really exist, right? So my sister was like, or you could just not talk to her and him ever again. And I was like, what? That doesn't sound or feel right. What? To cut off all that? I know, right? Oh. Which again, yeah, sure. That is an option, but like. Yeah, you could just block out the sun for the, like... Yeah, uh, yeah you could only eat bananas for the rest of your life. So totally, well, yeah, sure. But like, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> no, I'm a, I, you know, I, we're here to experience, right? We're here to grow and learn and evolve and yeah, have it all in a sense. Yeah, taste it all. So oh wow, it's been a rich experience. It's been a very rich time, and so I find it interesting that we're now crossing paths yeah. because I've had, and I want to jump into a little bit more of your work. Go for it, man. Sex work, pornography. Ask anything. How to get into that? How does that? I don't even know where to start. I mean, it's like, for me, I feel the the, the challenge would be. Oh, so first of all, do you do people pay for sex that you're not attracted to? And how do um, you navigate that? Rarely. I can. I'm going to give you as much as I can. It's an infinite philosophy that I'm trying to create mm. here. Um, I uh, I'll start with I have this concept this idea that i like called the eyes of god where i will sometimes walk the streets just choose it anywhere and i i look at everybody and i imagine that i have god's eyes and i'm like they're beautiful they're beautiful they're beautiful they're beautiful and no matter who mm. it is i just i just think the creator of all the unspeakable architect of everything in existence of reality like I don't think they would judge any of their creations as ugly. Everything has its time and place and space and mm. reason and meaning. So so the purpose of this person's quote-unquote aesthetic attraction or ugliness, it has its place in time. And fuck, we live in North America with fucking Vogue and bullshit, um, you know, traditional mainstream mm. Beyonce-level architecture beauty standards that are you know come from Marilyn Monroe and all that shit so I'm like yeah well let me see this person I saw this one woman with a humongous growth on her face and uh, she was like 60 years old and had graying hair and whatever and it, her growth was uh, like it was cancerous and I was like I'm gonna stare at this woman until I can see her as beautiful just as beautiful as anybody else and like hmm. my brain was shutting down at a certain point I was like oh that 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 cancerous growth on her face is, is it's 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 repulsing my eyes. But like I, I I stared right through it. I was like, nope, she's just as beautiful as Beyonce. And I just would, I I it took me about four or five minutes to see, like, equal beauty in her as every other human being. And it was a beautiful mm -hmm. exercise. So like, wow. I'm saying that to say like I I can approach every single human being and. I'm not going to say that it's all equal intimacy, but like I'm able to see beauty and joy and love and I can mm. sacrifice my heart and my flesh to to serve anybody, anybody. Mm. I am I, naturally attracted to women. Um, I've experienced some trans people and the occasional guy. I, I'm not sexually penetrative with men. Um, I'm. I'm not there yet, but um, I can generally hug any man and kiss any man. I'm 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 able to, like I I approach love as the wideness that I'm with today with it. I can hug and kiss pretty much any human being on earth, mm. and I'm I'm expanding myself to, I I'm 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 realizing the difference between like penetrative genital sex. And 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 then just you know just intimacy in general. So mm. like, I'm not gonna be able to say like I can have I can fuck or make love to anybody on earth. Mm -hmm. But like I'm I'm doing my best to evolve towards that. Um, another one of my favorite sayings is enlightenment is intimacy with all things. It was um, it's a Zen proverb that I've read once, 
and I really like it. Um, enlightenment is intimacy with all things. So mm. I, um, I, I, um, I, I, I do believe there's a few books around here that speak about it. Like I, I do believe I'm reintroducing some sacred concepts that were around before patriarchy mm. and Christianity started yes. controlling the earth. So there was the time where, uh, the time of the sacred prostitute and the time of, of holy temples where, were the people in there the 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 sex workers this were were the most sacred people in society and they were they were philosophers and 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 painters and poets and architects mm -hmm. and 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 it was it was a ritualistic thing in society for the kings and religious people to actually spend time or serve as a sacred whore or a sacred just a a, a sacred nurturer so um <coughs> ah bless you thank yeah. you so I mean, I I do believe that like love is heaven on earth, and like finding people to love is the closest thing to heaven that anybody will find. Like mm. I think it's, I mean, I'm pretty secure that like the concept of the pearly gates or the pit of hell is not what we go to in the afterlife. I mean, I'm not gonna say I know the answer, mm. but I'm I think that those are fabricated stories for very political reasons and yeah. and so so i like the idea of of humans coming together um and finding love here as as the blessing of life and and me mm -hmm. being a facilitator of it and and me helping other people find love um, physical love is something that i do like i do touch um i do a massage i do relationship therapy cuz a lot of it is also psychological madness and, and bullshit and Cinderella lies that we've been told by society and Disney and all that mm -hmm. shit. So like, um, it's, it's physical, it's emotional, it's intellectual, it's spiritual. And, um, and yeah, when it's, when it's at its best, I hope it'll bring me the financial riches that I, oh. I think, a good love maker deserves, but um, yeah, I don't do it for. I'm saying I I don't do it for money. I I do it yeah. for love. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah, I felt similarly because I've been intrigued by this path of the sacred lover, and I mean, I, I share this with one of my friends who was like, "Man, don't do that. Like, you know, the types of girls you're gonna get, they're gonna be nasty." That's what he said. And part of me, <laughs> part of me, yeah. So part of me was like, okay, they might not be the most physically, aesthetically pleasing to my preferences that are dictated by my culture. But the act of doing what you said, taking on God's eyes and transcending that and loving regardless, to me is such, not only for, for the giver, a practice of compassion and selflessness and heart-centered living, but for the receiver, a gift of, you know, something that they probably haven't found in many other forms because of their physical form that's limiting the people around them from engaging them with them in a certain way. Mm -hmm. So I've looked at it like that. And some people have told me, well, that's a great rationalization for wanting to have multiple, many partners. And other people have said, well, you're just kind of crazy. And love is crazy. And they're speaking from a place of fear. But go on. Yeah. So I agree with that. I agree with that. And, um, Ah, what was the other thing that I was going to touch on there? 
um, reasons that they were um, skeptical about you taking this path? Or well, not skeptical. Uh, okay, so the sacred lover, the initiation, and and oh, sorry, riches, financial riches. This is something I wanted to say earlier when you were talking about the the the, the past financial hell that you used to exist in. Yes. It seems that in the material world and finance, finances and all that stuff has to catch up to the other realms. Yes. So where I see it, you've got yes. this very, very overflowingly abundant emotional bank account, relational bank account, all these different things. It probably is one or two very small tweaks away from from manifesting as a financial abundance as well. Yeah. And I believe that because I know that the work that you're doing is so timely and is becoming more and more in the zeitgeist, in the collective unconscious, and and the co the collective conscious, as people realize that this is not working, and we are humans, and we have needs, and it makes sense to have them met in certain ways by people that are trained and professional in meeting those needs. Absolutely. If we can just overcome the taboos and the past bullshit, you know, and people are, you know, you yeah. are. I'm sure there's other people out there. I'm sure you know people out there. I'm sure different cultures and countries and places. A lot of the stuff's happening. Yeah. So, sure. yeah, all that is to say that I, to agree, that a good, sacred lover deserves to be compensated and taken care of as any other, you know, crucial role for a healthy humanity deserves to be taken care of. Doctors, nurses... Brain surgeons, physiologists, cardiologists, gynecologists, all these people that attend to the body are very well compensated because of their understanding of humanity. Psychologists. Mm -hmm. like, and compensated by us, no less. Compensated by Canada. us. But yeah, exactly. Like, there is every sex worker I know. Like, that idea about the, the, the women that you would be with and be nasty is the biggest fallacy in the world. Like, mm. I'll tell you that right now. I've... Being a male sex worker, like, the, the prospects, like, if, if you were a woman, you would probably be in a way, like, that person would be closer to the truth if you were a woman. Mm. You being a man, you are, I've had some amazing women where I'm like, I'm getting paid money to be with this person? What a fucking awesome world. Because mm -hmm. this is just a beautiful, regular woman in society who has just had a few heartbreaks. Which is like every fucking woman in society, every single woman in society is being exploited emotionally or physically or whatever. Like, it's just hap it's just happens. Mm. But very few women are given the freedom to be like, hey, you know, you can pay to have this problem solved. Mm. They just think it's a thing that men do. They just think that women are just supposed to be silent and sit in their oppression, period. It's just, you're a woman. You're, mm. you're just, you, life sucks. Just accept it. That, that's just be, just, just shut up and, and take it. But like, with guys, it's like, hey, you know, like, I mean, they'll shame a guy, but at the same time, they're like, hey, well, you know, things get really, really, really bad, you know, just take a couple hundred bucks, go get a hooker, a prostitute, whatever, mm. just get one off and whatever. And they're like, that's, that's considered okay for men, but it's like, it's not, the society is so unbalanced that they don't think, it's like, if anybody breaks their ankle, they say, go to the doctor and get a cast. If you fucking, if you've got a problem in your throat, you got tuberculosis, get it, fuck, go to see a doctor and get it healed. If it's like, if you're just in a place where you're not able to sexually function and engage in with another human being, go get a sex worker. Get somebody who is good. Go get, like, there's so many husbands 
who are horrible with their wives or just in a in a bad place where they're like, mm. I can't talk to my wife. We've been fighting, whatever. And it's like whether they're cheating or not, or they're a divorced husband or something who is like, I I don't even know how to reapproach women. I was married for ten years and mm. and now I'm divorced and now I don't even know how to fucking sit at a bar and talk to a woman. Mm. But I've got sexual needs. Get a fucking sex worker. Get a sex worker who will listen to you. She's like, if you pay me $400 an hour, I'm here. I will listen to you. I will hold you. I will, I'm here. I am at your service. How can I help your body heal? Mm. Do you want to be kissed? Do you want to be held? Do you want to request X amount of sexual things? I can provide fucking. I can provide maybe anal sex. I can provide a blowjob. Let's negotiate what physical things you need for you to feel comfortable and for you to feel like your needs are met. Mm. And then the thing is, I had a sex worker though. I, I was I had a, a, some female clients. Whether it was my female clients or the guys that are, are the married women, or you know, most women that are with guys, a lot of it is psychological and emotional. Very few, in my experience, very few guys come in and they're just like, I want to fucking the whole time blowjob and I want to fuck the whole time. Guys and girls come in and they're like, yo, I'm all fucked up over this last relationship and I can't approach a human being anymore and whatever. And the the first woman that I saw, um, okay, she looked like, I'm, I won't say her name, um, she was about as beautiful as an African Foxy Brown, like Foxy Brown, the rap girl. And I was like, I was like, holy shit, this is a fucking attractive woman. My mm-hmm. very first client, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm like she, she needs to pay to have sex. Wow. What a, okay. Well, I'm here financially abundant. She was like, money is not an object. Paid me 200 extra dollars on top of the fee that I already had. She's like, money is not an object. She's like, emotionally i'm just in a horrible place i was in a a relationship for longer than a decade this person treated me horribly i'm emotionally destroyed right now i don't know how to approach a man Mm. i work very hard at my job and i'm just i don't have the time and space to actually re-engage with people i just called you up i saw your ad your you look good and i like your smile i she paid for an hour i spent 45 minutes talking to her about her broken emotional state and trying to rebuild her self-esteem and trying to tell her that the man that just tortured her emotions for a decade was actually like not her final fate in life. Mm. It was mostly psychological and emotional compassion I gave to this woman. Mm. There was five minutes of sex. She already, she had an orgasm at the end of five minutes and, and then she was crying and I was holding her while she was crying. Like this is all within the span of an hour. Wow. And I'm like, yo, that is not something I was like, it actually, it pushed me to the edge of my learning curve of what I can provide for another human being. Mm. And I was also like, holy shit, most of this isn't about fucking and orgasms and eating pussy and whatever. This is about emotional care and healing. And mm. you can't get this in most places. Most people don't give a fuck. Most people really don't give a fuck. They don't like, they don't give a fuck to only listen to your problems, but much less offer you some genuine solutions. Most people don't have the time or patience or care to do that. So mm. I'm, I'm saying all this to say I genuinely believe sacred sex workers, but sex workers in general, um, are the most compassionate profession in the world and the most important because they, I, as far as I know, they have to accept everybody. They are, they, there are doctors. There are 
doctors and hospitals and churches and certain religions that accept most people, but they don't, not every church will accept every human being. There are some churches that won't, that won't allow people in their door. But for the most part, like sex workers accept everybody and especially everybody that respects them. The only reason generally a sex worker won't accept you is if you're asking for a service they don't provide. Like, it's like, hey, I don't do anal, so there's no point. Like, that's just, you can't get that from here. So, mm. or they're like, yo, you are disrespecting my flesh, so fucking you're not going to get my service. Like, that's just, that's how business runs. You can't, mm. McDonald's ain't going to serve you if you're trying to burn them down. So, like, so, I mean, ultimately, I say, I say sex workers are actually more compassionate healers on this planet than doctors and and. Mm. and priests and pastors to me and you know there's there's it's slightly negotiable and debatable but i believe i'm saying all this to say because i mm-hmm. deep deeply believe like sex workers the greatest healers in the world which is also why are they the most disrespected it just makes perfect sense like everyone every like come teen people in their teens and they learn about virginity and whatever but i i know in my teens people are like oh you, you get laid but don't pay for it like fuck only losers pay for sex like that's something that is like ingrained in us where it's like oh that's when you're really 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 like desperate desperate only the desperate people pay for sex it's like well sometimes people might be desperate but that's not the point like desperation it's not even good to judge someone as desperate it's just like life might be hard yeah you're hungry you buy a meal you need a home you you know you rent a place you nailed it. You need to get somewhere. You get a bike or a car. You nailed it. You need to just establish emotional intelligence and sexual awareness. You go to a sex worker. You go to a sex worker. I'm so glad the first thing you said is a meal because I constantly tell people like they don't judge everything else in their life. Like you, you bought yourself a fancy meal, a dinner, or last year for fucking some celebration with a friend. You didn't judge yourself for treating yourself to that meal. You ate it. You enjoyed it, and then it then you went on with your life the next day. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of my relationships, a lot of my sexual experiences, when I go to a sex club or when I go to do something, I'm like, yeah, I sat down, I negotiated that situation with that person. We made love. It was magic. It was done. I looked them in their eyes at the end and say, thank you. I love you. I care. I care about you. I appreciate this. And then we both went on like it was a meal, like the sex was a meal. We enjoyed a meal together. We ate each other and then we moved on. And there was no indigestion. There was no regrets. You people eat a good meal and you don't regret it the next day. You don't regret mm. taking yourself out. You you go on vacation. You come home. That's it. It's like why do you why do you judge your sexual experiences different than any other thing in life? Mm. Connect to somebody. Be honest. Be real with them in the moment. If like if you only are like if you're honest in this moment and you're not promising things down the road or fucking all that all the bullshit you're just like no this is the moment this is the meal this is what's on your plate we're here tonight to share this intimacy i'm here i'm telling you my honest truth tell me your honest truth we share it we eat each other we devour each other we drink each other and we digest each other like every beautiful meal that's good for your body and then you move on in life it was mm. good for you you go to sleep and that's the end of the day that's it mm. i have so many like there's no regrets you don't regret a meal that's healthy for you so you shouldn't regret a, a sexual experience that's healthy for you mm. you just you in you you have it you swallow it you have it as part of your soul your memories mm. and then you move on 
Well, I feel like, I mean, there's a whole giant root of why we're where we are. I feel like so many people don't even have the awareness of what a healthy sexual experience is or what it can be. Yeah. Right? Because they've only had the possessive or the <sighs> controlling or the, um, you know... The, the, physical, scarcity, the, 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 the scarcity, the scarcity, yeah. The heart's never been in it. You know, they haven't had someone who's been able to help them open enough to actually receive and actually relax and actually let go and sink into that. Because I feel the same way. I feel like the most potent force, I mean, it seems pretty self-evident that the most potent force in the universe, arguably, is the sexual force. Yep. It's the creative force. Yep. It's the essence of creation and birth and potential. So when we can harness that force for healing, for growth, for whatever it is, it's a force. You can direct it however you want to direct it. Yeah. But it's the most powerful. That's why in like this tantric study we did, like the first chapter is all about warning you that this is powerful shit. Your issues will come up. Your past traumas will come up. Yes. That's the point. Yes. That's the, the point. This is the fastest yeah. way to enlightenment. Yes. Get ready. This is it, you know. They 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 put it out there, and this is it. Um, awesome. And so, it's it, it's it. And for those of us that have tasted it and experienced it, we know it's it. And you realize that if people were sexually fulfilled, wars would stop. Wars would stop. People wouldn't work the crazy hours they work. You know why? Why why work to build up this giant? pile of money and resources if you don't have anyone that you can have sex with and or have make passionate love with yeah but they're doing that as a way to hopefully win someone in the future right it's this crazy idea yeah it. and i feel yeah. like you know yeah so maybe it ties back into maybe tribal living we had more of a free love exchange and that's why we didn't have people getting obsessed with creating the next technological advancement like as far as i can tell the idea of progress might be a psychological disorder and the need wow. to always have more, right? The need for more that the colonial sort of regime has perpetuated. Yes. That I myself get taken up in, that many of us get taken up in. That might at its core be some form of mental illness. Yes. <laughs> and it's playing itself out in whatever reason to teach us whatever lesson it's here to teach us. But it seems like, you know, a holistically healthy and integrated human that has their needs met wouldn't be so obsessed with these things. They wouldn't. There's, you fucking hit a home run with that. Because I don't, like, when my basic needs are met, like, having my love needs met before my financial needs brings me an inner peace that I, I cannot articulate mm. the value of. I know that when I'm around people and stuff, people's people say a lot of nice stuff. Like it's good to have you around, and like just the peace and joy and the purity one feels with life by just having a bunch of relationships that are not dysfunctional, relationships that are there's no arguments, there's no drama, there's no fear, there's no jealousy, there's no control, there's mm. no possession. These are the that's the core of my relationships. So like. Last night, I was in a room at a sex club where I was with one lover from out of town, but there were four, maybe five other women that I was either currently having sex with or had had sex with. And 
there was no drama, no strife, no, no, oh my God, I gotta like take this, I gotta leave this room with the one girl that I'm sleeping with now because I don't want any of my other past lovers or another woman that I'm having sex with right now, a woman that I had sex with like four days ago, I don't want her to see the woman that I'm having sex with today. No, mm. I introduced all of them to each other. I'm like here. Well, they'll probably be great friends if they're all if you're the bridge connecting them. You know, all of them really could be great friends. Some of them are great friends. Two of them mm. who came together were great friends, and I'm like, oh, that was my first dominatrix, and that's a woman that I've shot a bunch of porn scenes with, and they came together as friends, and. We can all talk and have sexual, like, we can talk about sex and we can talk about life and love and politics and whatever. And we, there's no hiding. We all know that we've shared each other's bodies and souls. So, like, we don't, like, there's no possession and there's no barriers and mm. none of that immature high school shit. We're all mature adults who are, like, take full responsibility for the love and relationships we've created together. Mm. So, I'm like, I, I'm like, I was in a room last night. I'm like, wow, I've, I've made love to six of the women in this room. And I'm not having any stressful problems with any of them as well. Plus, I'm with, like, a seventh one right here, and she's cool with the other ones. This is a beautiful paradise to be in. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. And that was, like, that, it wasn't planned. I, I just went there with one girl, and then just, lo and behold, old friends and new friends were coming around, and I was just like, this is awesome. Oh, this is this is a former lover. This is a lover that... I was with last week. Oh, this is a, a lover that I'd like to be with and I can be honest about. And, mm. like, this is the lover I'm with today. And I can tell all of them about each other. And there's no boundaries and walls or fear. Everyone's mature mm. and honest. So the, the, these are all possible. But, like, I'm going back to the core of where we get our lessons from. I'm always like, okay, well, what did your parents teach you? Mm -hmm. What did your culture teach you? What did your social group teach you? What did your religion teach you? Mm. Um, the primary cause of so much sexual strife is the Christian notion of the body being shameful yes. and the source of sin. Yes. And it's like that causes so much slut shaming and so much like, oh, you know, it always goes, it goes back to even, you know, the whole Eve kicked out of the garden of paradise and shit. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, 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 that's some fucking bullshit. Eve didn't cause the downfall of man and we're still in paradise and fucking that Bible lie gives a lot of power to a lot of men in this world and takes a lot of power from a lot of women in this mm -hmm. world and we cannot perpetuate it on any level. So it's like I grew up with some Christian morals and Christianity takes some of its morality from and its stories from the hieroglyphics and Egyptology and stuff and in ancient Africa and these are all valuable things but like just because a lie takes pieces of its power from the truth doesn't mean the lie is valid so mm. so like I it's the perfect camouflage it's the perfect camouflage and I like you know they're like I fight against Christianity on one like it's it's a beautiful idea but like mm. uh, I don't even get to bring it up much but right now um yeah, yeah. the idea is I mean Jesus said it um the kingdom of heaven is in the heart or, or like like it's it's i'm paraphrasing that well, yeah, the kingdom of heaven is within is with is within yes like that's the i'm like jesus mm. has been saying that but like people hear that as a metaphor mm. and they don't they don't take it as literal i'm like yo like 
but they take all the other bullshit as literal. As literal. They're like, exactly, exactly. Yeah, there's so many other things in the Bible that take as, as, and it's like, yo, what are you talking about? That's 2,000 years old. And obviously it's a fucking metaphor. Yeah. But it's like these words from Jesus. Jesus was trying to say directly, like, the kingdom of heaven is within. Like, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, and, and Descartes or one of those other philosophers says hell, hell is other people. And it's like, mm-hmm. literally that's it. I, I can manifest hell or I can manifest heaven. We can manifest it with each other. Mm. Like there's a lot of people that manifest hell all the time with each other. If you're mm. if you live in fear, if you live in scarcity, if you live in violence, if you live in all those things, do you will have hell on earth and like you will hate life, you will hate everything beautiful, whatever. Mm. But if you really fight and see through and rebalance everything, you can have heaven. We can have mm. it all. It's like I'm not unaware that like I'm saying, oh, this place can be heaven, and I'm like, I'm not just delusional and optimistic and think that no, that's all a, there is. It's a lived experience. It's a lived experience. You know it in your flesh and bones and body and soul. And one other thing I want to talk about with the Christianity, right? Because yes. that was my upbringing. That did a lot of awesome. damage. Talk to me. It's been a lot of reworking and unlearning and all that sort of stuff. And an idea that I've been turned on to as of late. So a potential mutual friend, Darren Austin Hall. You know Darren Austin Hall? No. You got to meet him. You would love this man. I'm so glad that you haven't met him so I can be the bridge for you to meet him. Thank you. I love that, man. Thank you. Yes. So Darren is a mystic, a musician, a yogi, a Chinese. He's he's a brother on the path is what I can say. Awesome. And him and his current partner, Clarity, both beautiful beings, are really helping land this sacred sexuality. Like, so they were involved in some of the, the Tantra group that we were a part of, small group. But they're really taking it out to a broader audience. And he's doing all sorts of speaking on it and having men's circles about it and really sharing this wisdom. And he claims, I haven't looked into it myself, but he does a lot of reading, a lot of research, that there's newer texts being discovered that shows that Jesus and Mary Magdalene were actually sacred sexual partners. Yeah. And doing this together and, yeah. you know, spreading enlightenment uh, and love in that way. Yeah. And that Buddha, apparently, you know, you talked about royalty. He was royalty. He had, he had access. So he was much trained sex. in those ways. It's not that just sitting under a tree, he becomes enlightened one day. You know, what led up to that? Mm-hmm. People read these stories and they don't look for the backstory and yeah. they don't look for the context and the ingredients necessary for that to come about. Mm-hmm. So I love that this is coming more out there yeah um and uh yeah that this this idea like sacred sexuality to me will be in short order where yoga is now in terms of uh cultural acceptance and awareness and practice so it's a beautiful time we're moving towards and into Mm -hmm. um and he goes into some deeper stuff about how you know colonialists who came here had the exact same trauma perpetuated on them that we that we not we that our that ancestors that they did to the indigenous on Turtle Island on North America. What? And it makes perfect sense because I mean any sexual abuser they were abused. Yeah. Any violent abuser they were usually violent against them, you know, it's the cycle, victim yes, and yeah. perpetrator. And so the pagan animistic uh witches or tribal people of Europe who had the church come down on them, the Roman Empire, yeah. and burn them and torture them and enslave them for practicing and living in the ways that 
those like us hold as beautiful ideals, of course, they're traumatized. Yeah. Right? They become traumatized. They have PTSD, as it were, and then they yeah. are controlled and they go perpetuate the same trauma. You nailed it. And you so the it. awareness of all this, it's like, okay, the stage is set. Now we can break the cycle. Now we can rejig things and reconfigure yeah. and redefine this reality that yeah, we're living that's in. That's it, brother. That's exactly it. <laughs> you nailed it all. So I love it, man. I love it. And we'll wrap up here. This yeah. has been beautiful. We're almost at two hours. Oh, two wow. hours of magic. Oh, oh, two hours of magic. Wow, man. This is, oh, my God. I thank you so much for being here. I thank you. I don't know. I actually will tell you, I don't know too many men that are just, as pure as you man just good open heart good open mind good open spirit and i thank you for that man like thank you i received that oh i received that oh i'm very i'm very thankful to meet you because mm. it's challenging and and to go beyond the the box of strong man and become like an actual superhero like a human superhero you're just like we are all way beyond the limitations that society puts on us. All of us, culturally, age, time, space, mm. gender, all of that. They're all limitations. And it's like, how much do we want to expand ourselves? I believe that each one of us is a universe. Like, mm. each one of us has a universe inside of us. And so many people only get to, like, let out, like, a neighborhood of themselves. Much less like mm. a city or a continent or a planet's worth of themselves. So, like, I just I thank you for being big and courageous and mm. just being a reflection of me and for me because I don't have too many male guides on this path. Most of the male guides, like I, I I'm books. come from books. I'm I'm like Ruby and Jesus or my homies and Malcolm and and Marcus Garvey. <laughs> I'm like a, a bunch of dead males. <laughs> like like living males right now. Like. Mm. Um, it's a it's a it's a crossroads, but for sure, like we'll just be the beacons of light and just keep reflecting. Mm. So I, I thank you. You've asked some wonderful questions. You tapped into things I've been able to share things that I rarely get to share, and I really thank you for the patience and space for me to speak this. So, mm. I love you, man. Love you too. <laughs> yeah, such man. a pleasure. Such a pleasure. Yeah, man. Mm. <laughs> right. Oh, you're awesome. This is the beginning of a fruitful relationship. I I, I imagine. Yes. 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 Oh man. Yes. Oh oh man. It's Shout out to Donnie Day. Yeah, Donnie. Thank you, brother. Yo, man. Thanks for being being the bridge. Holding yeah. it down at the house of yoga. If you want to do some yoga, some kung fu, wanna eat some kitchery, check out Donnie Day. He is legit. Donnie's the truth. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. Oh. Oh. Whoever's listening to this, I hope this has been wonderful and enlightening for you. I hope you've taken something from this and I, I just hope that you're, I hope to give you the courage to create your dreams because you can do it. And that's the only reason why you are here. We're all here to create our dreams. Amen. I hope.
And if you've made it this far, then thank you and congratulations. What follows is our conversation as we had dinner. So, I mean, we turned off the mics. I broke out the food. Shout out to Impact Kitchen. Hashtag Impact Every Day. Holding it down. Good, healthy, clean stuff. I brought over a kale Caesar with falafel and a quinoa slaw with falafel and some raw cookies. Deliciousness. Pure deliciousness. I think that was probably the best meal Addy had had in a while. And you hear it. You hear it come out in certain moments. He was very appreciative, very receptive to that healing food. So enjoy. So, you can't achieve sex without... What was it you were going to say? Can't achieve sex without being healthy. Health is the ultimate ultimate barometer for sexuality mm. I heard a saying once you know somebody was dying because they weren't able to form a fist anymore and mm. I parallel that to an erection is a culmination of concentrated energy mm-hmm. a, an erection cannot be achieved unless there's a uniform singularity of mind body and soul Mm. man like you could just be thinking about sex right now or see something beautiful on TV but without the intention and the direction and the appreciation and the focus to be like hey I would like to become sexual or achieve sexuality with this person right here Mm -hmm. sex is not going to happen an erection is not going to happen and when you're sick in the hospital or when your body's broken or whatever like a fully beautiful, holistic, uh, sacred sexual experience probably cannot happen. Mm. Like, sex is really life. A, a healthy womb and healthy sperm. And it's hard to come by these days. It's hard to come by. And, like, life cannot perpetuate without a healthy man and a healthy woman mm-hmm. fucking each other and creating a healthy baby. Mm-hmm. Like, sex is really a, a fucking... It's a it's a barometer of health. Well, yeah, and it's exactly what you're saying because, in terms of, yeah, what our body will will put resources towards, and the types of hormones that it will produce. Reproduction and so things like testosterone and things that bring vitality and sexual vigor are shut down first. Mm-hmm. That's why you see so many people whether they're young men these days, whether they're middle-aged, whatever. Myself, I went through this, and I was like 22 years old. My sex drive, gone. Mm-hmm. Testosterone, gone. Ability to recover from exercise, gone. Why? Because my gut was fucked up, and I was stressed out. And so it's like, okay, if you're, you know, you're in survival mode, right? Your, your, your sympathetic nervous system is dominating because you're always stressed. You're always, uh, you know... On, on on fight, flight, or freeze, right? Yep. You can't rest and digest and rejuvenate and reproduce if you're in that state. You can't. It's impossible. So, yeah, the body's smart. The body will shunt off. It'll save resources. It'll put what's most important, which is, you know, movement and eating and, you know, survival ahead of all those other things. Which is crazy. And now we're seeing this, this epidemic of infertility. Yes. And so many people relying on... Uh, technologically assisted fertility. 
Uh, wow. And it's scary. It's scary. And you get people who are like so sick and they don't realize that your infertility is your body telling you you are not healthy enough to create another life. Yeah. And what do they try and do? They try and supersede it with science. And then they have a baby and maybe the baby has birth defects or some other shit, you know, God forbid. Mm-hmm. But it's because you're going against the laws of nature and nature wants to create health and thriving beings. Uh-huh. Not you know, debt, like barely getting by beings. So it's, it's, yeah, it's really interesting. Really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. But so, but so we got to be on point. And because we have so much stress in every form, chemical, environmental, electromagnetic, emotional, financial, more than any time, arguably in human history to live in a place like we live in, we got to be so on point. We gotta be so, so on point, so on point at all points of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an unfathomable, unfathomable level of control and fear and scarcity and limitation of what reality actually is. Like, this is a society that we exist in, but it's not. It's all a fucking illusion. It says none of the things that we actually engage with are actually real. Mm. None of the laws are real. I always like the concept of seeing, turning that word backwards and seeing laws are actually walls. And they're walls, most of them are walls for the masses. Because who doesn't follow the laws? People, the rich and powerful do not follow the laws that control the rest of society. They're like, Mm -hmm. you can't stop me from doing whatever the fuck I want with my power. Mm-hmm. I don't follow the laws. So, I just, I'm really just trying to follow the laws of the universe and of love. I'm like, those are the only laws that I follow. I don't, you see all this shit around here trying to control what we can do. I don't believe none of it. Mm-hmm. The only laws I follow are those of love. And, but those aren't really taught. No. And it's just the, it's just control and possession that's really taught. And that's mm-hmm. and it's just such an illusion. Well and that's what I love about this new generation that's very savvy and very into wisdom, right? And looking into the occult and looking into thought leaders of the early twentieth century and like all that is being re brought out, mm-hmm. whether it's through books or through movies. And if you have, as you said, you know, God's eyes, if you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, it's there. Mm-hmm. And growing more and more present, right? And you hear, I mean, a big thing for me was hip-hop. Mm-hmm. That was a big part of my awakening through university. I started smoking weed. And I started listening to more hip-hop, more conscious hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And, man, it just puts you on that different vibration and it changes your perception and... Yes, sir. It's powerful. That's that's a. I mean, I'm not a historian or an expert by any means, but apparently that's what hip hop was created for, right? It was to kick the knowledge to the young ones. Yes, sir. Pass it on. Mm-hmm. So I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Fun times. And what was it say? I love what you're saying because that reminded me of uh, I forget what it's in, but it's uh, Alistair Crowley quote mm-hmm. where he talks about. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Mm-hmm. Love under will. Harm no one. Yeah. That Alistair Crowley saying is is one of the most beautiful sayings of all time. Yeah. 
But people will throw him out because they're like, oh, he's a Satanist. Mm-hmm. He's all this and that. And you know, he probably did some messed up stuff and he wrote about some of the stuff he did. And I don't necessarily want to do it, but he was definitely on to some truths about reality and how to work with this and how to manifest and how to make shit happen. So, um, if you want to be a really open-minded human being that takes the truth and justice on face value, you will listen to this statement and realize it. I believe that Christianity has done at least a hundred times more damage to the world than Satanism has. Controversial statement? At least. At least. I don't give a fuck who you are or what you believe. Mm -hmm. Stop and think about crusades, the slavery, whatever you want to say, the the Salem witch hunt, whatever you want to say. Christianity has done way more damage to the world than Mm -hmm. Satanism at its peak. So people want to make, make it look like I'm not saying I'm a Satanist. <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah. I'm just saying fucking the whole concept of good and bad and good guy and bad guy and evil and good is really twisted on every fucking level. And the fact that all you people who believe that, you why do you forget that Satan was a fallen angel? Mm. Lucifer was God's right-hand man. Lucifer was the, the angel of music and what else? Music and something else. Anyway. Well, I, yeah, and like, well, I, I feel you on that. I feel on that, and I love the Gnostic perspective. You familiar with the Gnostics? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So apparently, from what I've heard, is that their whole idea is 